0: This is The Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v the sports betting network.
3: Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Nightcap. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here with you guys all week long, and here this evening for the next three hours as we sweat out some college basketball plays, a little NHL action going on. we got a fun show for you guys with three great guests this evening. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN host, and host of the Hardwood Handicappers joins us in 30 minutes talking all things NBA as we're two days away from the regular season resuming. Who's going to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? We'll ask JVT. Tom Casale, college basketball analyst of NBC Sports Edge, joins us at the top of the second hour. He's great with college basketball futures bets. So is there any value on the board as we're less than three weeks away from Selection Sunday? Eric Eager, host of the Pro Football Focus Forecast, Checks in with us at 8:30. What does Eric make of this whole Aaron Rodgers saga? We'll get his take in 90 minutes. Our thoughts on NFL QB Carousel College Troops, Conference Tournaments, NBA scoring title, and everything in between. But first, <laughs> Scott, how are we doing on this Tuesday? It's not just Tuesday, it's 2-2-2-2 two, two,
0: two, <laughs> two, Tuesday. How
3: could I have not even said that at the top of the it show?
0: It is 2-2-22 two, two, <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> So, I'm going to go out to the roulette table and play two and 22. I was going to say we're and, going up uh, on a see if Tuesday. It, see if it hits. Uh, it has to, right? <laughs> uh, a lot of talk about your favorite twos in sports, 22s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just taking a look at the board here, hoping that this magical day comes through <laughs> with a couple of uh, bets sweating out. You know you and I are on opposite sides of the Villanova-UConn game. and. Yes. Uh, Right now, I'm smiling, and you're sweating, so yep. we will see how this one concludes uh, in the next uh, minute or so. <laughs> I was dabbing my face off before the show got underway, already hot and bothered.
3: A uh, UConn, they were looking solid to start the second half. Unfortunately for the Huskies, Dan Hurley got tossed with about four minutes to go in so the first bizarre. half. So bizarre. It, yeah, it was a bizarre setup there. I don't know why the officials felt the need to throw him out of the game and impact the game here, but we've seen down the stretch his absence as mm-hmm. the Huskies have really sort of collapsed and unraveled and it looks like the Villanova Wildcats are going to go ahead and win this one outright.
0: And part of the reason why, and I said it last night, why I love Villanova is that when it comes down to crunch time, first of all, the coaching and the the head smarts of these players, right? Mm-hmm. They know what to do in these critical situations. And the other thing is, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the nation. And so when it comes down to these late game free throws, there's no one I trust more on the line than a guy like Colin Gillespie shooting 92, 93% on the season, as well as several other players on the This team with high percentages so we'll see if that uh comes to fruition here in the closing seconds
3: and we have a jump ball right now in possession arrow to UConn so the Huskies hit Mm. a three down four they just tied up Colin Gillespie down one with 17 seconds left so UConn will now have the ball with a chance to take the lead I'm hoping that they can get a three-pointer and go up by two but Wow, what a turn of events here after it looked like they were dead in the waters there because you mentioned I I can't believe that wasn't a foul. Villanova's three points. The the officiating in this game has just been. Gillespie's laughing. Like I I can't believe that wasn't a foul. Like they were all over him there. Two kids reaching in to grab the basketball. It's like an auto-foul situation, right? Conversely, there's been times where somebody barely gets touched and then they go to the line. So we're getting some good old Big East officiating out there in Stores Connecticut. Isn't that
0: like there's 17 seconds left? You know that the team is just gonna go for the foul because And so you got one guy reaching in to grab the basketball and the other one trying to intentionally foul (laughs) and they call a
3: jump ball, clean play, (laughs) jump ball, possession arrow Huskies. So we'll be sweating this game out. Like we mentioned 17.5 seconds to go in this game. We saw an interesting game out in the big 10. Interesting for the folks who are backing the Iowa Hawkeyes, not so much for the Michigan Spartans backers who there were many of them. Iowa goes ahead and just, Works Michigan State 86 to 60 over at Iowa City. The Hawkeyes went off as five and a half point favorites in this game, total 154 and a half. And before the show, we were talking about how a lot of people loved Michigan State in this spot, and we were not one of them, and we sat this one yeah, out. And I sat this one out <laughs> it for was sure. Just all Iowa
0: today. And, and and this looked like the like Michigan State, we talked about they're good and they're bad. This look, this was yeah. the bad. Michigan State. Well, there's been good, there's been bad, and there's been ugly. So this was borderline bad and ugly, right? Uh, and, and the line was six, went down to five and a half at play, at books. I was looking at the betting splits on draft, on uh, on cincom courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook, and it was 73% that up to 78% at times People of the them. handle
3: and the bets on Sparty in this game. Wow. It just made no sense. UConn takes the lead. It's a two-pointer. As the Huskies now lead 70-69 to with 5.9 seconds left. Villanova calls for time. And if you took the points with Villanova, I think you're still solid. If you're laid (laughs) one and a half like I did, it's uh, not looking so hot. Unless Villanova can get a quick three miss
0: and a foul, maybe. But this is a lesson. This is a learning. This is a, a, a lesson for you. Okay. You never, ever, ever lay. Under two points. It just, just money line that baby. It's only a couple of cents. Just money line it.
3: I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying with the money line. But to me, I look at it as what are the chances that the game lands on one? Now, wouldn't you rather? Might not, would now, you, Villanova might win the game. See, in this, that is the, case. this is the situation.
0: All right. You're more likely to lose the bet than you are to have it land on the one. Right. Yeah. So, okay, you run the risk, you want to save 20 cents, 25 cents. And that, that's kind of how I look at it. Because if they don't cover the one and a half, it's because they're going to lose, right? But in the small percentage that we, yeah. it happens, which right now it's 70-69 it's, with 5.9 seconds left.
3: Like no, I still think Villanova wins. I mean, I would honestly rather have that than the UConn win by one. Just, just to feel <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> like, I, I, right now at this point, I'm just like, Villanova just because it doesn't look like there's going to be enough time for them to miss a three-pointer, or miss a shot, and then foul uh, to maybe put uh, the Huskies on the free throw line there. So by the way, at, uh, at this point, Villanova just win the game, so uh, I don't feel sick.
0: Agreeing with me is our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, who will join us in about uh, 25 minutes or so. He tweeted out at me, JBT, LOL,
3: that's a tie-up. Because I agree, how is that a held basketball? It was it was an intentional foul. It's been some very <laughs> curious decision makings from the zebras in that game. So Villanova now will have to go the length of the floor in this game, and I, I mean, I, I think we just got to watch and see what happens here. Colin Gillespie, there, looks like he's in prime position. They're going to try to get a screen the on him, try to get him the basketball, yep. see what happens there. But I mean, if you're UConn, yep. Gillespie gets the basketball. Yeah, there's not going to be enough time for them to just just make the shot, at Gillespie. Please. Wow. Oh, an offensive charge. That's charge. unbelievable. Am, am I going to be saved? That's unbelievable. Am I going to be saved here? That's Are they unbelievable. Gonna... How? Wait, 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 wait. How is a guy falling to the
0: ground <laughs> called for an offensive charge? I mean, he's it's... falling to the ground. I, I, uh, I, I, I want control? I, I like I have no because, idea. Because
3: I mean, because I think because it was out of control, I don't think they wanted to give him the bailout of a blocking call. So let's see what the replay looks like here. And to me, I mean, I'm not that might just might be a no call to be quite honest. I, I, I that looks that's, like a, it looks like one player's wow. out of control. I don't really see that as like the guy was trying to get a charge. I mean, if that, anything, it's out of bounds. on UConn. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It's like if anything, it's out of bounds. Maybe Villanova basketball. But the fact that that was called a block I, or a charge, I don't think uh, that, 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 that to me, either way, it's a bad call. That's
0: unbelievable. I, I, so, I guess that's the, 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 the feeling was he's out of control. Like he was out of control, and, I guess. And,
3: and I think that's why they didn't want to give him the blocking because call, to me, because he looked a little out of control.
0: Because to me, when the defender's hand goes down and swipes at the arms of the player shooting the basketball, that's a, that's that's a defense. That's a foul on the defense.
3: If anything, I thought it should have been out of bounds and maybe Villanova basketball if we get a replay of who it went out last off of. But my question now, so there's 1.1 seconds left. Villanova, rather, UConn leads by one. Will Villanova have enough time to foul? 1.1 seconds left. They're they're, they're going to run some sort of play to probably prevent that from happening. Foul him! They called it.
0: Yeah. Point two, you got this.
3: I don't know if I have it just yet because he has to make the free throw. Single, but it's a one and one. He has to make the free throw. And I'm not sure who this gentleman is, this young man, but I hope to God he is a good free throw shooter because my goodness. And at this point, is he even going to care about making the free throw? All you have to do is miss it. There's 0.2 seconds left. The game just ends. So they're not even incentivized to make the free throw because they're going to win the game regardless.
0: This is unbelievable.
3: (laughs) This, I mean... I am. I've never sweat a free throw like this. Maybe it, not in a game to where I'm laying one and a half. Let's. My goodness. Here we go. He's gonna shoot this free throw. Let's hope he gives it an honest effort here. And he makes He's it. He got it. He makes it. He makes it. This is why you lay one and a half.
0: That's unbelievable.
3: That is. This is why you lay one and a half. And get the best of the number there because it closed to, it lands on two. And thank you, folks. Yukon wins and covers the game, as they were a great team this evening. The refs had to have Yukon. Like <laughs> their investigation. This is that this needs to be investigated. I don't know what the hell that last 30 seconds of the game was. From the tie-up to the to the the, the the they call it a a charge. That I mean, it's. But that's college basketball. When you step into the jungle, we say it all the time: it is not for the faint of heart. And that is college basketball. And then uh, I, I think I can go about five games without complaining about bad variants or any sort of a bad beat here, because that was a uh, that was mana from heaven. That is <laughs> that, that honestly you, that, that's, that, 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 that that is call was mana from heaven. As somehow, I mean, I was already I was given the eulogy to start the show <laughs> for you That's
0: that that's one of the more incredible. Things I've ever seen. That is like, that's that that is worth an an, that is worth an NCAA investigation. (laughs) The jump ball, instead of a foul, when the player is trying to
3: intentionally foul, a jump ball call. Yep, and then that charge, down four with twenty seconds left, they win the game by two. That smells.
2: UConn that smells fishy, point
3: favorites. They say. win by two on the other side. We're going to investigate what the hell Aaron Rodgers was talking about earlier today. It's the nightcap. We're just rolling. Let's go, Huskies.
1: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of The Nightcap is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine with all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to zin.com find to locate a store near you. That's slash find. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the nightcap, where I am just at a loss for words as to what we just saw in that Villanova and Connecticut game. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg coming to you from the and Studios. Here at the South but rather the Circa Resort and <laughs> Casino. But I mean, Scott, I mean it's Can you can you storm the court <laughs> when you were favored in the game? They were down four with twenty <laughs> seconds left. They make a three to cut it to one, force a tie-up, and then all hell just breaks loose there. As somehow, someway, Yukon covers one and a half. Now the the closing spread was two, so it's a push there for uh for all the betters that were involved that got in uh, once the game closed, but I mean for some of us like me who laid one and a half earlier this morning it was manna from heaven.
0: Why didn't the whoever shot that free throw? Now I'm sorry I didn't catch the player's name. He, on he made the first one, mm-hmm. right? And then on the second one he just threw it off the backboard just you know to or just threw it off the rim to end the game. Why didn't he just do that on the first free throw?
3: Cuz he knows that cuz he wanted cuz he, he wanted the cover. Good team's cover. He he said great team's cover, baby. And they played the, the cover play, that free throw at the end there. But you do make a great point there. Because, I mean, when it happened, when it was .2 seconds, we talked about it. It's like, yeah. he might just throw this off of the rim. And then it's .2 seconds. And the minute they touch the ball, the game is Game's over. over. So so why didn't he do that on
0: the first free throw? Why did, he, why did he have to make the first free throw and then do it on the second one?
3: I don't know, but I might send him an early Christmas gift.
0: <laughs> I mean, did he not know that it was one and one? Do he think that it was two shots? So he just shot the first one and then always planned on the second one doing it? The other thing is, is like I'm still baffled how forget about the charge, the block charge call. Mm-hmm. How do they call a jump ball when the you have two players? Well, one player tried to grab the basketball, the other player is mm-hmm. clearly going in to intentionally foul. Yes. And and I'm telling you, nine point eight seven five times out of ten, the foul what is called call there. Yeah. The refs just have the whistle, and they're just waiting until the player makes contact and then calling the foul right away because that's what happens. A late-game situation. The team is losing. They want to foul and send you to the line.
3: Well, oftentimes that losing team will indicate to the officials
0: that, hey, we're trying to foul. Yeah, yeah, guys. Everyone like, knows. Everyone up. knows what's <laughs> going on. And, like, <laughs> trying to save as much time as possible. Exactly. Like, you're going to see it. Come NCAA tournament time, you're going to see this. Like, teams mm-hmm. will do whatever they can to get that intentional foul, Uh, like, the you're gonna, players you're going to hug a player while the inbounds yep. happening so you can get that call and the refs are going to call it right away because they want to give everybody as much time as possible so if this was an ncaa tournament game which this
3: is an important game very important game big I, win for you I, I don't know how like this is you big, never see this big win for UConn, you never see this big result for providence who now goes back to up being up by two games in the Big East standings there. I mean that's such a massive win. Now Providence can go ahead and they can lose that game at Villanova next week and then still be a game up in the regular season Big East standings which would give them the number 1 seed in the Big East tournament. Like that true. This is a very consequential game that we just saw tonight in Hartford, Connecticut.
0: Absolutely wild. That I'm still I'm still a little confused if are you allowed to storm the court if you were favored <laughs> in the game? I don't think so. Like, this wasn't – I understand you beat number eight Villanova, but, like, you were supposed supposed to to beat number eight Villanova. You were favored to win the game. This wasn't an upset. Could, could Villanova storm the court if they beat you? Because like
3: it would have been an upset. According a- to the odds, it would have been an upset. Chalk prevailed in <laughs> yeah. Connecticut. Uh, another college basketball game going on right now in the SEC. We'll get you guys up to speed on what's going on today. Uh, Vanderbilt, they're leading Alabama. The Alabama Jekyll and Hyde Crimson Tide continue out in Nashville. They closed four and a half point favorites, total 153 and a half. And they are trailing by five early in the second half, right now over at DraftKings, Alabama's getting three and a half on the live line. So that just goes to show you where the Crimson Tide where we mentioned how they can beat Gonzaga and they can lose to Georgia. Like this is just happens mm-hmm. to be their story this year with Alabama. Also going on in Lawrence, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. I know you laid it with Kansas. They're taking on Kansas State. They lead it 63 to 49. They went off as 12-point favorites. Total, 141 and a half. I have to stop, me Are you looking at the probability charts? (laughs) Are you looking at UConn and Nova probability charts? I'm just, no, I'm looking at,
0: at what point today, what was the final score now?
3: The final score of Villanova and UConn was, it was, uh, let me see here, 71-69. Which
0: is 140? That is, yep, 140. I saw 139 and a half at the line. line. No, I don't know what it closed at. It closed one thirty six okay, so it did go so, down. So so, right. so it
3: went down because so, I got
0: I got someone I got people tweeting at me one thirty nine and a half. I mean that's and
3: that free throw that was inconsequential to the yeah. result of the game. Yeah, ends up pushing that over that number one thirty nine and a half for the folks who who got the best <laughs> the, the folks who bet the under and got the best of the number there. I mean that's just that, that's got to be tilting. How yeah, what a I mean, game. It's, it's it's what a game it's not even March yet no what does John Rothstein say he says this 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 is March this is February yeah this is February right now we're just waiting to what happens in a few weeks here because my goodness what a game there just to get you guys up to date on some other college basketball games Oklahoma took on Texas Tech the Red Raiders went ahead and cruised to victory 66 to 42 they were laying nine and a half we saw a little buyback on the sooners there earlier this morning total was 130 and a half as texas Tech's defense just continues to suffocate opponents in lubbock didn't we
0: talk about this as the the revenge spot in you, texas tech you, se- you said you said 70-50 i mean what, i mean 42 was what oklahoma got i said they weren't going to i said they might not get 50. you wanted the under i said they they might probably not going to get 50 and I, I thought 70 to 50 that's pretty darn close yeah. to 70 to 50 there but yeah totally comfortable laying it with texas tech you knew that this was going to be uh, a route from the get-go.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. this game was uh, Oklahoma just absolutely overwhelmed in that game.
0: We faded Florida, right, mm-hmm. because of the storm, the court, upset yep. victory. So Arkansas does come through. We fade Florida. UConn next plays Georgetown. Fade Central.
3: There we go. Is that game in Georgetown or is it over in UConn?
0: That game it doesn't matter. We're that, fading. Game, that game is <laughs> is on the road for UConn. Man. It's at Georgetown. Can, can we
3: get to the window with the Hoyas? 100 percent have not been good this. We're year.
0: fading Yukon after this win.
3: And well, and that brings up another game that we talked about there. Michigan State after they lost to Iowa. I mean, I'm ready to back Michigan State Saturday when they take on Purdue, just because I thought tonight's you spot hold your nose and spot. do that. It Femi. was whole, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna get three and a half or four at least. Like that, that's where I'm gonna be getting there with Purdue <laughs> on the road, laying it there in the Breslin Center, tough wow. place to play, really good home court advantage and. This was the spot because a lot of people got roped in the Michigan State spot because of what we saw Iowa do in Columbus beating Ohio State on Saturday, a really impressive win for them on the road. But they failed to realize that Michigan State poured everything into that game against Illinois last Saturday when they were down by 12, 13, 14 Mm. points multiple times in the second half, only to lose the game by about four points there. So they put so much energy into that game that this was going to inevitably be kind of a flat spot for the Spartans. Saturday, though, I might be ready to back Sparty Party. I don't know if I can do it. It's <laughs> a plug your nose special so, for sure. Don't know if I, can, I mean, look, the, the everything <laughs> about the spot
0: screams Michigan State. Like, I love getting a home dog against a top five opponent. Uh, I wish the game was in prime time, not at, you know, noon Eastern time. Yeah. But um, maybe Purdue would be a little sleepy. But I can't. I, I just.
3: I can't. It's, it's you watched Michigan I, I Unfortunately, can't. I have. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I laid it with them on the road at Penn State, and I watched way too much of that game, and uh, will not be able to erase that from mm-hmm. my memories. There, you mentioned Arkansas. They went ahead and got the win over Florida, 82 to 74. Here, so now the game that we're looking at, we got a show bet going on in the nightcap game pun intended. UNLV taking on Nevada in Reno. We're both on the under, and the under is actually getting hit right now in the market. We are now seeing moves to 143. This total opened 145. We both grabbed under 144. Mm -hmm. Now, pretty much 143, the consensus number in that game. DraftKings still has 144. I'm even seeing some 143 and a half, actually, at DraftKings now as well, as these moves are just happening right now as we're about 30 minutes away from tip off. But any thoughts on this game? UNLV Nevada, it's going to be on the the Corner TV there as we'll be sweating out some yeah, misses. Hopefully. You
0: know, the UNLV starting to get a lot of love in the, in the futures market. They're playing well. Really it, good yeah. defense. Yes. And uh, the win um, against Fresno State the other day was kind of Im- impressive to me because I was at the game when Fresno State came here mm-hmm. and just, you know, beat up on UNLV. And, and, you know, the Rebels had a chance. They tried to come back at the end. They were down six, missed a three, you know, would have cut the game to three, but instead wound up being a nine-point game and then so on and so forth. Uh, but they handled their business. And, you um, they really, this, they're starting to turn the corner maybe.
3: Yeah, no, they look like a really good team. That Mountain West tournament here in Las Vegas, is going to be absolutely off the charts. I mean, you got San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado mm-hmm. State, Wyoming. They play tomorrow night. So that's going to be a really, really fun tournament that might get swept under the rug compared to the other big boy conferences, but will be fun here in town. On the other side, Jonathan Von Tobel of Hardwood Handicappers joins us to talk a little NBA. This is the nightcap on V the Sports.
2: This is the nightcap on V the
0: Sports Betty Network.
3: Want more NBA insight? Check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. VEASAN Senior NBA Analyst Jonathan Von Topel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of a situation a team is in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season. It is a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet and we can make some money on it hardwood handicappers podcast is free and available now at vson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast and while you're there catch up on every vson show as well welcome back this is the night cap coming to you from the Circa resort and casino famia bevfe alongside scott seidenberg and speaking of hardwood handicappers we have JVT (laughs) online with us to talk a little NBA JVT. We're going to get to the NBA stuff in just a bit. And we appreciate you joining the show with us this evening. But, I mean, how about the ending? You were tweeting about the Villanova-UConn game as well. The last 30 seconds, all hell just broke loose. (laughs)
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this off the air. When you see a guy go to intentionally foul, and he bear hugs a dude, but it's still called the tie-up. It's incredible. And look, nine times out of ten, the block charge, it's actually not that hard. Usually it's a block. Uh, I thought that was a block as well down the stretch there. But regardless, officiating, it's incredible. Guys get caught up in the moment. I think I'll give you the charge. I'll give you the charge. The uh, the tie-up was absolutely ridiculous to call. That's what I was saying, Like I, I've, especially when you, the refs
0: are anticipating or they should be anticipating the intentional foul. Like, we're going to see this come NCAA tournament time. Like, they're going to try and blow that whistle quick to make sure that these kids have as much time as possible. And so I was just shocked that they didn't blow the whistle right away and they called a held ball, JBT, Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, We are uh, coming to the conclusion of the NBA All-Star break, uh, the resumption of games on Thursday. Uh, If you had to pinpoint, you know, the team that you are, are highlighting right now that you expect to come out of the break on fire.
2: Who would you pick out? Uh, You know, I think it's kind of hard. If I had to, if I was forced to pick one, I think it would be a team like Minnesota that's going to be in action on Thursday, mainly because Minnesota's got a lot in front of them right now, and they're taking on an opponent, which, by the way, could be their first-round matchup if Memphis surpasses Golden State. We're talking about a 2-7 preview. Who would have thought Memphis and Minnesota right out of the gun here? But, look, Minnesota's two-and-a-half games behind Denver for the sixth team in the Western Conference. Uh, they have, uh, like, an okay schedule down the stretch, one that's probably going to challenge them because of the caliber of team that they are, but not one that should give them a ton of trouble at this point. So with everything in front of them, I think that there's a pretty good opportunity here for Minnesota to take advantage uh, and maybe get up and catch up with the Denver Nuggets or maybe if anybody else starts to fall there. But I, I think out of all of them, uh, a Minnesota team that uh, came into the break seven and three in their last 10 games is probably going to come out with their hair on fire, I would assume.
3: But we're speaking with Jonathan Von Tobel, Vison host and host of Hardwood Handicappers, wherever you get your podcasts. I got to ask you about the Chris Paul injury because we talked. Yeah. Before the trade deadline, you're very high on this Suns son, team. Does this Chris Paul injury give you any pause with the Phoenix Suns heading into the playoffs? Are the currently the favorites right now to win the NBA title?
2: Not really, Femi. Like it, the the if there is a positive, the the positive would be that his timeline uh, to be reevaluated lines right up with the postseason getting started. Right, we have seven weeks left in the NBA regular season. His timeline to reevaluation is six to eight weeks. So on the front end of that, if he gets really evaluated after six weeks, they say, hey, he'll be ready in a week, and he's coming back. You know, Remember, the thing that also helps, not only is there seven weeks, but we also have the play-ins to take care of, which mm-hmm. you know add another four days to the wait period in between the end of the regular season and the start of the postseason. So I, I think ultimately I'm not too worried about anything. Like I've got him at 7-1 to win the NBA Finals. If he's going to come back at the front end of that uh, timeline, then I think they're going to be perfectly fine. Now, on a night-to-night basis, you know that's another conversation to be had. I don't think they're going to lose out on the one seed. I don't think they're going to lose out on The Pacific, but will that gap shrink a little bit between them and Golden State, and will there be some interesting spots to maybe bet against Phoenix as we get to the uh, the rest of the regular season? Sure, but I think in the big picture, they're ultimately going to be fine. Now, I will say this to add very quickly. There was one player who was supposed to be reevaluated with an injury after two weeks, and we haven't seen him at all this season, and that would be Zion Williamson. So reevaluation is always tricky, but I, I would hope that uh, he is going to be back out there by the time the postseason starts.
0: Uh, JBT, I think we can all agree that Joel Embiid is the front runner for the most valuable player. Uh, Nikola Jokic is right there. Giannis having an incredible season, but with Chris Paul being out, do you think Devin Booker's candidacy now gets elevated?
2: No, I, I think I think the candidacy that gets elevated is Demar Derozan, Scott. I don't think it's it's it, like Devin Booker. I didn't really understand it mainly because like Chris Paul makes this team go. Like mm-hmm. it, when I was when he went down with the injury and going through all of the numbers with his team, you know, for example, when he's on the floor, their offensive rating in half court is 103. When he's off the floor, it's 90.2. Uh, to give you an example, the 27th ranked half court offense averages 90.3 points per 100 possessions. So like like they're they're awful uh, without Chris Paul out there in some of the facets of this game that they play, and so while Devin Booker is good and he's putting up really good numbers in terms of scoring, I mean, like theoretically, does it up his MVP candidacy? Sure. But I just think at the end of the day, there are so many guys in front of him, including his teammate who was way in front of him that it's just, I would think it's somewhat foolhardy to believe that Devin Booker has a real shot at winning the award. JVT, we're going to talk
3: about the Eastern Conference and the odds to get the number one seed. DraftKings has this market up here. And the Miami Heat are the yeah. favorite at minus 110. The Bulls, plus 300. 76ers, plus 350. bucks. 4-1. Cavs, 7-1. Celtics, 35-1. to one. Do any of those numbers intrigue you? Is there maybe a team like maybe Cleveland at a 7-1 to one to possibly get the number one seed out east?
2: all in on Miami, man. All in. It's actually I brought that up uh, on the latest edition of the Harvard Handicappers podcast, where if you look at, if you evaluate Miami in terms of their schedule, they have the 16th hardest schedule left uh, in the NBA. Uh, They're also finally healthy. Tyler Hero missed the last two games before the break with a knee contusion. He was listed as day-to-day. You'd expect that he would be back after a long break, heading back into uh, the regular season. Uh, Kyle Lowry missed a good chunk of time due to personal reasons, but he came right back right before the break. Jimmy Butler gets some extra time to rest that toe that's been bothering him for a while. Uh, This team is finally complete and when they're starting five is out there they're incredible they're holding opponents to about 94 points per 100 possessions uh, now you can talk about their half-court offense and how much they struggled, but against a regular season schedule that's going to be one of the easier ones with one of the best teams in the NBA, I think that they are primed to take that one seed. Some models actually out there have them as an over 60% chance wow. to get the number one overall seed. So yeah, obviously at minus 110, if you believe in a model like that, that's a pretty good edge to have there. So I expected a small price to get laid, actually. I thought it was going to be more in the range like minus 130, minus 120. I think FanDuel even opened up at like a small plus price, if I remember correctly. So that might have moved a little bit too, but at minus one ten, I think that's a fair price to lay for Miami to get the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference.
0: Their number has been dropping to actually win the Eastern Conference. Currently at plus four seventy five now
2: up on DraftKings. Do you like that number? Yeah, it, I, not not entirely, but it's not because I don't like them, Scott. It's just because we haven't seen Philadelphia yet, right? I, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that wants to give you a little bit of pause, like. You know, we want to see how Philly reacts offensively and what they look like. I think they're going to be spectacular. What do they look like defensively? You know, how do they respond when they go to those 1-5 pick and rolls between James Harden and Joel Embiid? Are they going to switch more? Are they going to switch 1-4 through and then, you know, have James Harden, you know, chase on some of those uh, pick and rolls as opposed to uh, switching on guys. And, you know, Joel Embiid loves to drop. So, like, those things I kind of want to see with Philadelphia and see how they look before I'd commit to anything really uh, at this point right now. But I will say this. Like before the Joe Embiid trade happened, if you were making a play, it was going to be Miami. But I think what I kind of come back to with the heat is something I mentioned in passing their half court offense really isn't that good. If you talk about it with like PJ Tucker, bam Adebayo, bio, Jimmy Butler, like the spacing is not incredible. So it leads to some disjointed offense. You know, I mentioned, you know, their defensive rating with all five of them together, their offensive rating is actually under 110 because of how disjointed that offense can be. It's just, they're so good defensively that they're outscoring opponents by 13, 14 points per 100 possessions of those five out there. So I think think. think that's what kind of worries me with Miami overall so I'd I'd sit back on the Eastern Conference away because we just want to see what Philadelphia looks like with those and by the way in Brooklyn too right we want to see what Brooklyn looks like when they're fully realized well yeah JVT we got about 90 seconds left I want to ask you about
3: Brooklyn you mentioned that you think Philadelphia is going to look spectacular once Harden gets in the fold there with Embiid what do you think about this Nets team once they get Ben Simmons in there Kevin Durant whenever he comes back from injury Kyrie Irving his situation if they can be able to get him to be a full-time player what's the ceiling like for this Nets team going forward
2: I mean, fully realize like you tell me in a week the Brook the, the vaccine mandate's gone and then we get Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, they're an NBA finals team. Like they're I think they're great. I thought I thought Seth Curry was an awesome addition to fill the void of Joe Harris who's been out and been held back due to injury. Andre Drummond gives them at least a sizable body by comparison to throw at Joel Embiid in a playoff series as well. Like I, I really like this team Femi a lot if it but again fully realized and complete, right? We don't know what's going to happen if they have a play-in game in, in Toronto. Is Kyrie allowed to play in those situations? The vaccine mandate at home, I guess it kind of benefits them that they're a lower seed, so they get more road games in playoff situations. I think, though, like if they're complete, they are one of the best teams in the NBA. They fit together seamlessly. Ben Simmons is awesome defensively. You have questions of who you plug in at the five, but I think ultimately that's a really good team in the Eastern Conference when they're all together.
3: Yeah, Brooklyn and Philadelphia are going to be the teams that everyone's looking at post-All-Star break. He is Jonathan Von Tobel, Beeson host and host of the Hardwood Handicappers. JVT, we appreciate you joining us here this evening, and uh, best of luck going forward. Hey, man, thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, thanks JVT. You know, Nets, interesting. First game out of the break is against the Celtics, who finished the break. One of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team. In the NBA, they had that long winning streak snapped when they lost to the Pistons. Uh, and the Nets, still without Durant, still without Simmons, oh, yeah. uh, maybe a good spot here to back the Celtics.
3: Uh, yeah, the, the Nets will be a significant underdog in that game with the roster that we've seen them put together as of late. But maybe in a few weeks from now, sure. Ben Simmons gets back. Kevin Durant will probably get an update on his status um, post-All-Star break as well. Because the like JVT said, on paper, yeah, that team absolutely. looks really good really good who will be the number one seed in the eastern conference we'll try to find a little bit of value in that market you're watching the nightcap here on The sports betting network
2: This is the Nightcap on v
0: the Sports Betting Network.
3: Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two fantasy hoops contests and battle for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes while the fight for L.A. rages on during Season 5 of FX's Snowfall. Head to DraftKings.com Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns tomorrow on FX. Stream on Hulu. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the v Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femia Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here as we are watching College Hoops. We're excited for Snowfall's premiere tomorrow. Um, but we just had JVT on last break here, and he had some interesting points there. Really loves this Miami Heat team right yeah. now to win the number one seed, not to win the East, but to get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They are the current number one seed tied with Chicago at 38 and 21. But when you look at the odds boards that we outlined last segment, anything that jumps out to you in the East or in the West? So
0: obviously in the East, everyone's so jumbled in, right? They're so close together that you can really bet any team, maybe not the Boston Celtics because they're four and a half games back, but anybody from five up, You can bet because two and a half games is nothing with the short amount of games that's remaining. Uh, What's interesting is the Cavaliers at plus 700. The Cavs of that group of teams have the easiest remaining schedule. Okay. The Cavs have the 22nd uh, easiest or hardest schedule in the remaining in the NBA, meaning that they have what the eighth or ninth. easiest schedule Mm -hmm. remaining in the league Uh, before uh, the next team up on that list would be Miami who has the 16th hardest schedule. Milwaukee has the most difficult schedule left in the NBA. So I would not look at Milwaukee there at plus 400 Chicago, the second most difficult schedule strength, the schedule remaining. So I wouldn't look at the bulls plus 300. So to me, I think you look at the teams that have the the easier schedules, and Boston does have, Boston has the 10th hardest schedule, so I would stay away from them. Philadelphia, the 12th hardest. Brooklyn, the 13th hardest. But Miami, 16. But yeah, Cleveland, the 22nd most difficult remaining strength of schedule, meaning that they have the easiest strength of schedule remaining of all of these teams in the Eastern Conference
3: race. Yeah, Cleveland's the one that really jumped out to me They're mm-hmm. at 7-1 there. I mean, they lost two straight heading into the All-Star break, but you outlined it right there, the easiest schedule. I think one of the things, too, with the regular season in the NBA is typically these teams who have never experienced the elite success mm-hmm. go all out in the regular season. Like you mentioned, Milwaukee plus 400. I would cross them out immediately. Yeah. They've won a championship. They know what it's like they, to be the team. That and wins they 16 know, plus. and they know it doesn't be rested anything. for the playoffs.
0: Exactly. Like the regular season doesn't mean anything. Cause in four out of seven, they're not going to lose. Yep. So, or, or they're not going to lose to a lot of these teams. Yeah. They're so not they, afraid to go on. The, yeah. On the yeah. They're, they're okay with just guys last week of the season here. We could win out and go 6-0 and and be the number one seed, or we go 4-2, and Giannis gets a night off, Holiday gets a night off, and Middleton gets a night off, and, and let's just go into the playoffs healthy and rested.
3: I think Philadelphia is in the same camp as well. I mean, I know they want to get the reps yeah. with Harden and, and Embiid together heading to the playoffs, but Harden's still dealing with that sure. hamstring injury and hamstring soft tissue injuries can pop up just like that, and you don't want to make it to where it's, now it's in April and it's oh well mm-hmm. Harden's now two to three weeks he'll be evaluated before the playoffs I think they're going to be careful with James Harden so I don't think I would get at 76ers at plus 350 like you mentioned I think Miami at minus 110 intrigues me just because I know this schedule is a little bit more difficult than yeah. Cleveland but because they already have that two and a half game lead they're a really good team they're going to get some guys back Tyler Hero he's going to come back from injury so maybe they can get the number one seed but it's Miami Chicago or Cleveland to me and Cleveland has the juiciest odds so that's where I and keep in mind with Cleveland, when you look
0: at their remaining schedule, they play the Heat once, they play the Bulls twice, they play the Sixers three times, and the Bucks once. Those are opportunities to beat up on the teams that are ahead of you in the standings and very easy to leapfrog those teams. And then you look at their the other remaining games, which are games against the Magic, the Pistons, the Pacers, the Knicks, and then you can start to rack up the wins. So if you beat the teams in front of you, and then you beat up on the bad teams that you will be favored against.
3: That's how you climb up the standings. The Western Conference one seed discussion is not as interesting because the Suns. Are I don't minus, think it's a discussion at all. Yeah, they're minus nine hundred. They have a six and a half game. There's lead. no discussion. Despite Chris Paul's injury, there's no discussion there. We think that they will get the number one seed. They have twenty four games remaining. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, and Golden State has twenty three games remaining. It would take an epic. Even
0: collapse. if Golden State goes twenty three and zero. We're talking about Phoenix going fifth, right? They have to go 15, right? 16 wins yep. to, to, uh, to, uh, to clinch this thing.
3: And they've, I mean, after the slow start, I think they started the year one and three. They've only lost seven games. Yeah. So, so now <laughs> we're going to bank on them to lose seven out of the last 23? I don't see that happening. However, the two seed. It is interesting because the Golden State Warriors only have a one and a half game lead on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors to get the two seed in the Western Conference minus two hundred. Memphis plus one eighty. Then you have Utah at sixteen to one to be. Now they're a little they're hanging yeah, back a little there bit at back. five and a yeah. half games yeah. back. But the discussion of Memphis and Golden State is intriguing in my opinion. I would go Memphis.
0: Golden State has the seventh most difficult remaining schedule. Memphis the third easiest. Remaining schedule and they're going to try hard too. Yes,
3: like it's another one of these things where it's a young team, and those two
0: teams play each other once.
3: They've been to the playoffs before, but they haven't really experienced this sort of level of success. So they're going to really try hard to try to get the best seed possible. Whereas Golden State's just going to be like, we just need Draymond Green to be healthy. Our guys have been there; they've done that. They've got the miles to prove it. We'll just get into the playoffs and figure it out at that point. But Memphis is going to go for this.
0: Memphis, they have 22 games remaining. They have two against the Pelicans, two against the Pacers, two against the Rockets. They play the Wizards. They play the Thunder. They play the Spurs. I mean, these are wins, wins, wins.
3: Come on. Yeah, and a young team that – I mean, young teams can sometimes have off nights and all that stuff Mm -hmm. because it is the NBA. It's a long season. On any given night, anyone can beat anybody. But I think that Memphis at plus 180 is interesting for the two seed. Now, in the Eastern Conference for the two seed, That's where we get a lot of plus money prices there. Because we both said that we like Cleveland at plus 700 to get the number one seed. Maybe a little Miami Heat minus 110 if you want to protect yourself or whatnot. But to get the Eastern Conference number two seed, the Philadelphia 76ers are the favorite, co-favorites I should say, with Chicago at plus 250. Miami's plus 275. Milwaukee plus 350. Cleveland plus 550. Celtics 16 to one to get the two seed there. See, To me, this is actually a no-brainer. How do you not
0: take the team that's favored to get the one seed? You take
3: Miami. You take
0: Miami at plus two seventy five because they're favored to be the one seed. So the odds would indicate that at worst they'll be a two. They'll be the two seed if somebody winds up getting them towards the end of the year. I don't think that they would fall down to the five or the six seed. Yeah, that would be hard, especially if they're the odds-on favorite to be the one seed. So how do
3: you not just pick Miami at plus 275 to be the two seed? I think that's a very good look there. And that's, I mean, probably I would go that route in terms of looking at that number two seed. Maybe you can convince me to maybe look at Milwaukee to be a two seed, but I don't think they're going to really gun for a number two seed there. Now, they're, they don't have to gun for it to get it. Like, they're mm-hmm. a really good team, so it's not like they have to really, like, go all out to be a number two seed. Now, they probably would have to go all out to be the one, but to be the two, they don't really yeah. have to – kind of strain themselves. So maybe Milwaukee could be what kind of tricks it up. But but Miami, I mean, they have such a good, I mean, two and a half game lead yeah. on the rest of the competition. Any of the interest with you for Chicago at plus 250? For the two seed? For the two seed.
0: Hmm. Possibly. I mean, I do like Chicago They've won um, five straight. Yeah.
3: Now like it's, they're getting
0: healthier. They're getting they healthier. Get healthier. They're yeah. going to
3: get Caruso back. Mm-hmm. Lonzo's going to yep. come back there. Uh, Levine should get healthier. Although sure. his, his knee stuff, it sounds scary to me. So there's a clicking noise in his yeah. knee and all that. Like that's anytime a, an athletic guy has issues with a knee, that's always kind of raises a red flag here. But I mean, Chicago as, as they get healthier, they're not going to go away. No, they're not going to go away. And I like the Chicago team a lot.
0: Uh, you know you know about my DeRozan future. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I do think that, that yeah, it's not a bad bet for them to finish with the two seed. I could see them being in that 3-4 range uh, when it's all said and done. I'll tell you what the most fun bet on the board is, though. The most fun bet available up on this conference seeding thing mm-hmm. is the Brooklyn Nets to get the six seed. Hey, now. Think about this. It's at plus 475. There are only a few games out of it right now. When Durant comes back, when Ben Simmons gets on the floor, if for some reason Joe Harris comes back. But a healthy Brooklyn Nets team, down the stretch of the season, final 10 games or so, knowing that they're only two games maybe out of avoiding a play-in situation, that team goes
3: 10-0 and finishes the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just with the Kyrie mandates and all that stuff I don't know if I can get on that when you have one of your best players is a part-time player but I see where you're going with the Brooklyn Nets here now Kevin Durant we got to see him get healthy and he's got to get healthy quickly if they're going to try to make that leap there but I think uh more often than not the Nets will be playing in that playing tournament there which <laughs> I'm sure the league will be sweating that out with the Nets and the Lakers in the playing tournament, the two co-favorites mm. at the start of the year. That does it for hour number one, Hour number two on the other side of the nightcap. Tom Casale joins us. Talk a little college hoop.
1: Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.